Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. I can't even get through the intro. Uh, we, we are back together to talk about hockey. And... Uh, and we were talking before we turned the, the microphones on and we're making ourselves cry. And it's nothing that we could ever, ever repeat. But if man. you see us somewhere besides right here, ask and we'll tell you the whole yeah, thing. Maybe a pay-per-view event. Yeah. I mean, something like that. Something yeah. like if, that. If we told the story and then this was replayed on 101, it would just be beep after beep oh, after yeah, beep man, after it's no long good. beeps it's and no, short beeps. And we beeps. may be seeking employment. That's oh, 100%. Yeah, that yeah. would be happening. I would just go on disability by then. Screw <laughs> thought you already so, were. So last night, <laughs> it, 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 last night I did not go into that game with the highest of hopes. You know what I mean? With yeah, playing yeah, down yeah. a forward, playing the Panthers. Oh, stop it. I just, you know, man, I was excited to watch a Tuesday night hockey game. But boy, oh boy, did the boys play their asses off. Yeah, the ones that they had. What did they have, 19? Yeah. 19 skaters? Yeah, 19 guys to start the game. <laughs> Things are so bad uh, with the Blues right now, they had to bring in Rivers. Pang's even out, for Christ's sake. Dude, it's unbelievable. And that, and you even said that. Started with 19. Mm-hmm. So, And we don't know about who so. And who else got hurt? Wallman. Oh, Wallman, and Wallman yeah. got hurt. <laughs> you got Ian Dredsman playing forward, and even he gets hurt. And it looked like Sonny, a couple of times, was maybe not the most comfortable on his skates. Like, he yeah. maybe didn't it's look positive. hurt. But... I think that he's battling through stuff on a daily basis. I know that Braden Shen is still battling through some pretty serious injuries, too. The guys that, the guys that are hurt that probably shouldn't be playing are playing because they need the bodies in the lineup. Right. And uh, Wal- what's crazy about Wallman and Huso is they were basically injured on the exact same play. I was breaking it down uh, afterwards and looking at the replay, and Huso, you can tell he bends, and it's like his knee or his groin or something, maybe his hip, something to do with it. And then you look at the high slot, and there's Wallman that's folded like a lawn <laughs> chair, and he can't get up because his arm is, like, broken or out of socket, or I don't know what it is. I'm just speculating, of course. Two guys, like a two-for-one sale right there. Whoop, we're done. Man. 
I, I mean, and we talked about this last week, and there's no reason to, like, super get into it or anything like that. But the NHL has got to tweak these COVID rules before somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – and maybe well, it was Wallman. even do with COVID at well, this point. No, I understand. No, I get it. But, like, it's like that on top of the other. I mean, it's – I don't think teams should be forced to play shorthanded unless it's, it's a salary cap thing. It's dumb, okay? And I, we talked about this on the fast lane a couple of days ago is – and Chris Kerber brought it up. I give full props to Chris Kerber on this one. We I kind of dove into it a little deeper, but the NHL uh, they force you if you if you get put into COVID protocol. So whether you're symptomatic or not, listen, I'm not here to debate that way way above my pay grade. Okay, but you're put into COVID protocol. It's a minimum of ten days, you, even if you don't have symptoms. Okay, but now if I go and I don't know break my finger in a fight or block a shot and break my toe and whatnot, I miss a game because of whatever, but I can battle through it after that, then I'm allowed to play. But so you're looking and go, well, if a guy tests positive for COVID, but he has no symptoms or he's willing to play through it, great. But obviously you're not going to do that, right? Right. So you've taken the power out of the player's hands and then you've mandated that it's 10 days. So the league should absolutely... Uh, forgive at least 50% of that player's salary to go and bring up a guy from the minors. It's not going to be like you're bringing up some uh, some hotshot player or whatever, some ace from your minor league team. It's a body. Yeah. It's a body. And so that's the only thing I don't like is you're not allowed to play through COVID for obvious reasons, okay, and I get it. But if that's the case, then you've got to give some kind of uh, cap relief to that team. And especially if you get multiple players – Maybe it's a if players add up to five million dollars total. Let's say you get uh, two million dollars cap relief. If they add up to two million dollars total, maybe you get one million dollars cap relief. Sure. So that it's just like it's not dollar for dollar, but at least it gives the ability some to put p- some bodies in line. Is it is it silly to think that the NHL knows they messed this up and they're going to fix this during the season, or would that be oh, too Jeffrey. crazy? We're talking uh, he's, about, using, he's using the French. Why? He went yeah, French. We're Chiffre. talking about the NHL here. <laughs> I know. That's why I asked without oh, a whole lot of hope in my voice. Uh, <laughs> I would hope that they're looking at this. Um, but the, Bill Daly, who's been on record saying, you know, unless it really massively affects the league, which it hasn't. Now, right. we, we look at some of these situations. One, locally, we isolate this because, well, this has really affected the Blues. But it's been three guys on COVID, I believe. Well, I'm not, that's more wrong. Three guys at one time is the most they've had because they had Huso and that's Krug. And they've kind of gone through it. But the only problems in the NHL have been the Senators and the Islanders to where they've suspended games or canceled games and moved them somewhere else. I think until you got five or six teams to where you have to cancel games and move them around, I don't think they're going to do anything. So they're not going to do something for the inconvenience of the Blues and one or two other organizations. They don't care about Blues. They care about the NHL. Right. 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 Well, and and all all of this goes into the Blues did make an announcement right before we got in here that they've recalled Nathan Walker under uh, emergency conditions. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. So then I. Oi, oi. So then that means. what you're supposed to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's do it again. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. There we go. All right, good. So does that mean then, since Walker's coming up under emergency conditions, is this because of. Yesterday before the game, or is this because of yesterday after the game? Donnie, I have no idea. Okay. I, I have no idea. I do know that, uh, that reading through some of the logistics and all this, which my brain was almost like a puddle of mud yesterday, more so than usual, the NHL has a rule where yesterday the Blues played a man short. And in doing so, they were allotted a certain dollar amount afterwards into their pool of cap money. 
So by playing uh, by playing a man short, they were allowed to call up a player for the next game. Now you're two more guys. I don't know how that works. I have no idea where it's going to sit because right now the Blues have one goalie. It's Charlie Lindgren. Who's Charlie Lindgren? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. He hasn't played in the NHL for like two years. Right. And last night, uh, I there's a lot of guys, and jokingly, no disrespect to Charlie Lindgren, but Kelly Chase came down after the game, and he asked me, he goes, uh, was that uh, an emergency goalie they had to put in there? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's not what you want to ask. He had three saves. He looked a little off balance, which, let's just be honest, the Florida Panthers are an incredible hockey team. And you're coming into a game where they just scored the game-tying goal and there's under five minutes to play. Maybe Charlie had some nerves, and I wouldn't blame him at all. <laughs> right. Right. Sure, right. yeah. But you're going to need another goalie. So what do you do? You know, Tuka Rask is sitting at home right now. Mm. What? See, this, like, the thing so about is this. Tom Barrasso. <laughs> no, no, Tom Barrasso is practicing currently. <laughs> Tuka Rask is practicing with the Boston Bruins um, just on voluntary basis. Mm. But he's oh, just, just an in-case for him. He's nowhere to play right now. Wow. Mm. I'll be done. That's very interesting. So how does that? I got I his you, number. You want to call him? Yeah. I Absolute. know you said you don't have every, all the information up in your head, but then how would that work? The, you could bring him in underneath that, what is it, 850 or whatever that they you can You could spend? just tell him, say, hey, Tuca, here's the deal. And he may not take it, okay? He may be looking for multi-year millions of dollars. But you say, hey, look, I'm going to bring you in league minimum. And a uh, two-way contract, though, is what we're going to do here. And if we send you down, we'll we'll terminate your contract. You can refuse to go. We'll terminate the contract. So basically, you've circumvented the system a little bit on this one. He gets to come in, play a handful of games for the St. Louis Blues, and it's kind of an audition, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Rask is still good. He's motivated. He looks great. All this stuff. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, he doesn't have anybody else ringing his phone. Why wouldn't he? No, but he? He's the Bruins are right there, right? He's practicing with the Bruins. I think it would be hard to steal him from them. I think they're waiting for an opportunity with cap uh, issues that they've got to to sign him. Listen, it's just an idea. Otherwise, we've got Charlie Lindgren and probably Joel Hoffer that'll come up, and uh, they will be the backstoppers for the St. Louis Blues. Let me ask this real quick. So if if Hoffer and Lindgren are here, mm. who the hell's in Springfield? Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not being like they yeah, got Colton no. Ellis. Okay. I, okay. I've read okay. amazing things yeah. about that guy. And he's fantastic. Yeah. And then you've got some minor, minor league goalies that you've brought in. Here's the thing when your, your top team is in shambles, injury wise, you work your way down the pipeline and you just steal from everybody to make sure that the top team is working and you just make do. I remember coaching, well, in the, in the Central Hockey League and getting players pillaged left and right because American Hockey League teams either had injuries or their NHL teams had injuries and they just take your players from you. And this is a team that wasn't fantastic and they were still just, oh, I need this guy on this league and I need this guy in this league. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. So last night uh, after the first period, it looked as though Vladdy and Chief were having a little discussion. Last night or the the game before? I thought that it was last night that it looked like that that they had had a little little, conversation you know, chat or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Tarasenko played, but maybe four minutes or whatever in that first period. What do you think they said? Because he came out in the second period, and man, oh man, did he play well for the rest of the game. And I'm going to tell you something. I love that line of Russians. Oh, I, I do. Love it. You know what I love after they score? I love their celebration because they're all like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Tarasenko's a guy, I don't care if he has the second assist, the first assist, or the goal. He's high-fiving the Oregon player. He's high-fiving well, yeah, everybody. I mean, every point he gets increases his value. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But isn't it great how he's just Mr. Smiles every time he gets a point? It's yeah. fantastic. The Blues' first period last night – 
and, and I had the opportunity to be right down ice level. It was, wow. Florida was all over them. The Blues had no time and space. They couldn't make a clean pass. They are just throwing the puck out into the neutral zone. Florida was transitioning it with speed, and they're coming right back at the Blues. I couldn't believe that the Blues got out of it the way they did. Yeah. I believe it was one nothing after the first period. I could not believe it. But then, yes, there was some discussions, and per Mike Van Ryan, I guess Chief usually goes into the locker room about eight minutes left in the intermission, has a little chat, get the guys ready, whatever. He went right in after the first period. And cool. I guess it wasn't a – I guess it wasn't a uh, kick the – door in and throw things and break sticks. It was like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, we're, we're not even trying to make plays. Uh, we're just throwing the puck away. We're getting outskated. We're getting outworked. We're getting outhit. We're getting outcompeted. Like, none of this makes any sense. And if we don't pull up our socks right now, then it's going to get really ugly. And you could tell immediately, which, by the way, I thought the second period was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back because of not having enough players, and they had three penalties in the first period. That's really taxing your players. Second period was their best period of the game. Yeah, They came out, and they were flying. They were physical, moving the puck. And the line that got it started, the line that got it started was Dakota Joshua, Logan Brown, and Ivan Barbashev. They had like a 39-second shift inside the offensive zone. A little bit of a – and then a smart change while you're in the offensive zone. Vladimir Tarasenko comes on the ice. They keep possession of the puck. All of a sudden, Big Daddy Vladdy shoots it short side, and you have a goal. And all of it started with your energy-type guys or your call-up players. That's unbelievable. I love absolutely, absolutely love that line. I'm going to jump off the tracks just for a second because Uh-oh. you made me think of something. I love this show because we have a former yeah. coach – and player, and now broadcaster, that can answer these crazy questions. You just said there's an offhand comment that uh, Brube normally doesn't go into the locker room until about eight minutes left in the intermission. But he went storming or went in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you said he went storm. What's he doing prior to that? Like, what does the head coach, what does he go do when the players are going to the locker room and they take their gear off and they discuss and they mm-hmm. drink? What's the coach doing? Well, they go right to the video room with coach, uh, video coach Sean Farrell and – they pull up clips, right? And through the entire game, Steve Ott is on the earpiece. And anytime something happens, he'll be like, hey, mark that, clip that, get that ready, intermission. And so Sean Farrell just you know grabs it, drags it over to the file. First. So he better have that stuff ready oh, when he the does. coaching See, staff listen, gets Sean Farrell is a wizard with that stuff. It, there's no nothing you can throw at him he can't handle. And so you know you're coming in after the period is over. You're walking right in there, take off the suit jacket, walk in. And you're watching clips that you pulled up because you have them written down on your little piece of paper, trying to see what the heck happened. You discuss it as a coaching unit and discuss how can we fix it, who was the problem, all this stuff. And that way there you have a solid plan moving forward. So you find out what you did wrong. You also find out what you did right as far as what's working. So now you hyper-focus on that. Hey, guys, this was crap here boom 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 but we did this well so let's focus on doing these things here so is that is that what we see coaches just writing a little note to themselves after like the other team scores and they show Berube and he spits and he's all upset and you see somebody just go like that they're just writing a note for the video coach and they're also writing down the players numbers who are on the ice okay and they want to make sure that that number isn't something they see throughout the whole game in a negative way there's lots of things. They use those little fascinating to me. They use those little coaching cards for a lot of different things. Um, I always used it for quick little notes because I didn't have the luxury of a video staff sure. behind me, right? So I to try and detail it a little more, but they'll just have to write usually the time of the game, 
boom, and then what they need, they'll radio to Sean Farrell, clip this. Now they know exactly. 11.25, first period, clip that from, you know, the bad chip out by Ivan Barbashev. And it's ready and it's ready to go. The, the people who hear this on this program, the next yeah. time you hear the, or next time you see that on the TV, just think about this and yeah. go, wow, that is fascinating. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? I love the education here. The, the, uh, I want to talk about something with the game last night that wasn't actually the game, but there were two moments that happened in the game that made uh, my, my, cold, uh, my cold, dead heart uh, fill with warmth and love. Oh. And uh, the, the, there were two. I want to go with the, the, with the least of the two first, and that was watching Jeff Brown talk about his son playing in St. Uh, Louis yeah. was amazing. And, you know, obviously I watched Jeff Brown growing up. I stood in line for four hours at the Galleria once to meet him. Like, you know, like I – so obviously my heart is warm for Jeff Brown anyway, but the – Dude, just the pride in which that him being able to talk about his son, yeah. his son, but but on top of it, being able to talk about his son, just going about his day in a normal way and not having to to have all these expectations on him was really wonderful. And then also, uh, you know, they 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 salute a, a, a past troop member or, or a, you know an armed services member during every game. And last night they did a World War II veteran, yeah, yeah, Pearl Harbor anniversary, Pearl, Pearl Harbor anniversary, and. Uh, the place was going crazy, and they zoomed in on this gentleman. And I'm sorry that I didn't write down his name. His but name he was had, Vince. He had tears in his eyes, and it absolutely brought tears to my eyes. It was pretty cool, absolutely beautiful, just to see this man. You know, I don't know what he was thinking, but but it was just a really man. I love sports for for reasons like well, that. Well, and to and to the Jeff Brown Logan Brown thing. Uh, remember how much pride you had in. Ben, when he got his driver's license, yeah, can you imagine? I can't. I mean, I had tears in my eyes when my kids got their driver's license. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I can't imagine yeah. the emotions you go through. I, it is incredible. I remember being traded to Ottawa um, early in my career, oh, about four or five years into my career, and that's my hometown. And I remember going to live with my parents while I was there. And then, you know, the first home game is your father and mother are, are there to watch the, the NHL, but they're watching you. Yeah. I remember my dad was just blown away. He got interviewed by like the local news station, and you know he, he was very teary eyed at the same time because it's it's kind of wild that you go through this journey and you get your kid comes back and plays in his hometown. And right. so Logan Brown, a very high draft pick, I believe eleventh overall uh, that year, and now he's found his way back to St. Louis as a member of the Blues, and he's playing fantastic. He's playing great yeah, hockey. He really is. And, and I just, it's amazing to see that and uh, very proud of Logan Brown for the work he did and super happy for, for the, the Brown family. Is Logan Brown playing in a way that once this team is healthy and we've got bodies to choose from, is he playing well enough to stick around or do you envision him going back down to Springfield? I don't see why you would send him down. Okay. I really don't. Like, he's got two goals and an assist in four games. And. Craig Berube has him out there on the second power play unit right now, which, by the way, they were humming it around last night. They could have had a couple of goals. He's playing at the last five minutes in the period. I, I just don't see why you would send him to. What can he gain by going back to the American Hockey League and putting up another 17 points in 20 games? Like, I don't get it, right? Like, his pace of play was the biggest, probably, obstacle for him coming into this season based on what he was doing in Ottawa in the years past. His pace has picked up tremendously, and his work ethic is there. Not that he didn't work hard before, but because his pace is better, he's involved in more plays. So it looks like he's working harder. Last night, uh, he digs a puck out and gets it back to the point. And 
They get a fantastic opportunity. Why? Because uh, Logan Brown dug it out, muscled it out of there. He passed it back to Tory Krug, who fired a shot past a Wallman, who deflected it past the goalie, through the crease, and just missed. So Logan Brown could have had two assists last night. So I don't, I don't see any reason why you would send him back down. Oh, I love his size, too. Gee, many Christmas. I, I mean, he's so big, I love it. Uh, the last minute blues. Time I've heard that. Bla- last that? minute, last minute blues podcast. I'm going right over it. We're we're going to move on together. The last minute blues podcast brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. I have a great question. Okay, maybe it's not going to be great. Oh, it's going to be great. It's <laughs> going to be fantastic. Determined, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, <he did>. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with this, to be honest with you. I don't know if somebody oh, sent it. It's the one I texted you the other day. Oh, the private um, text line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. One day. Uh, the the three-on-three overtime is super, super entertaining. It's very fast-paced. Mm. And I don't know, as a former player and a former coach, if you dig it or not. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be even more amazing without the blue lines, without the offside, so they could just get out there and just go, ooh, there goes the face. Damn that it. would be an absolute ish show because i mean they just all they do is just come back nah, and then just it's like it's like it half court basketball Jeff, because you'd have guys that's just stand in the uh, offensive zone okay well it, let's not allow that well, you, that's why the blue line's there right now okay well, i haven't thought through this whole thing <laughs> no but what i'm saying is well i, I understand you could just have somebody park in front of the net no, i get that par- i guess the other, that's the at, reason at the why other end, you just fire a slap shot down the edge okay the goalie has to stay within that little trapezoid behind the net so it'd be it's all right okay the other ch- rule changes in overtime each person one person on each team gets a gun <laughs> i mean i don't hate it um <laughs> it's one of those two that's I all i think I'm he saying. likes it better than the no blue line thing but i, I guess I, actually maybe maybe better, maybe yeah. that i hate it when he does the head shake and the look it's down. tough actually, actually. I didn't believe it what i was listening to. like dad I thought, <laughs> dad i thought you passed i thought you were I thought you were gone you were joking no i'm not joking what i'm trying to say is it's just it's so Fast and then all of a sudden, no, oh, you got to go back out and then come it's back. Strategy, in. okay. So let's isolate. I saw. I know that's what I saw last the, the, night. The pass back out into the center. Yeah, they, I know. The Blues had full control of the puck in the I'm offensive zone. Part. I'm deleting this part. And <laughs> then they pass it back. Kairou to Pareko, who drags it back, looks right at the bench and gives the like, "Hey, I'm coming for a change." So when Buchnevich comes on the ice, he goes right to Pareko, who drops the puck to him and goes whoop straight to the bench. Right, and if he didn't have offsides, he could have been standing in front of the goal, and he could have just given it to him right down there. Straight to the bench. I'm going to power through this. <laughs> you got it, man. You got and it. Buchnevich takes the puck, and Tori Krug jumps on the ice for the next guy up. Buchnevich comes down the wing, gets some speed, gives a little bit of a shoulder drop, gets the defenseman and the goalie to kind of bite. Around the goal, wrap around, Dude, and we're I, celebrating. I got to tell you. But, I, but the thing is, with, with my way, Buchnevich could have just been standing by the goal. Could he wouldn't have. have had to do all that darn skating. Could have, but here's what's going to happen, Jeff. <laughs> Coaches are smart, okay? So what's going to happen is they're going to put somebody between that player and the puck. So it would be like— uh, Now it's two on two with— Now it's three on two, basically, at your end. If they get possession of the puck, right. you're screwed. And then if you try to get the puck to the long-distance guy, we'll call it— well, there's a guy between the puck and the player, so he'll just intercept it. Well, you can bounce it off the wall. I know. Wall. You can do a lot of things. <laughs> How about we just leave the blue lines and we just, I don't know, I don't know I skate guess. better? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I guess. I like when, when things what go about, off the rails. <laughs> God. What about if we have an ice surface that's tiltable? Mm. And me, if it's six it to was. nothing. It was. And the then if it's six guys. to nothing, sure they can just tilt it just a little bit. You know, I know, Extra level of difficulty. Yeah. There's I, a few forwards I played with where – 
I believe it was tilted downward because, boy, could they skate fast to score goals. <laughs> but then on the back check, it seemed like it was uphill. Not <laughs> quite as fast to get back. I know this is a hard question to answer this early in the season, but is Florida the best team in the league? They look really, really good, man. Um, Yeah, they're really good. They're fast. They, they've got uh, great puck movement. They... Their transition game is the best I've seen this year. I mean, they use that stretch pass as a weapon and you know the double swing underneath, which means they've basically got guys that are you know in motion, ready for the bump back or the chip ahead. They're dangerous. Absolutely one of the best teams in the league. What are you pushing my way? Uh-oh. Huh? What are you pushing my way? The sponsorship? I already yeah. did that. Oh, you did? I did it like five minutes ago when did you pointed really? at me the first time. Do it again. Time. Jeff forgets a lot. Uh, no, that's fine. And no, plus we my appreciate, apologies. No, we appreciate the sponsorship anyway. Yeah. It's brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Man, you know what? Healthy scratch me next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all have off days, you, man. You out next week? Huh? Are you out next week? I will be if you want me to be after this performance. All right, good. We got a couple emails for you guys. Oh, oh boy. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll start with an email from Eric. He says, I'm not trying to crap on Donnie and Jeff, but Jamie, you did an awesome job on TV Tuesday night. Let's go Mississippi Nights. That's from uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. That's that's from Eric. And Eric, I don't take offense to this not in the slightest. At all, no, I was not on TV last night for a comparison. Therefore, Jamie wins out, and he really did a great job. Yeah, he did. Ooh, talk about being Ooh. on like there. You were like on between the, the benches. Ice, mm-hmm. Between the benches. What is that like? It's awesome. It really is awesome. I tell you what, it, it it could become addictive very quickly because you see everything down there. And I hadn't been ice level like that since uh, helping out coaching or being a player. And I had never done that before, which is unique because ordinarily when you're up in the booth with the play-by-play guy, you kind of have the opportunity to look over at each other. If you want to talk about something, you can give a little wave, you know, like we do in radio, just give a little wave. And yeah. that guy knows, okay, he's got something to say. And that way there you're not stepping on each other. But being down there, it's it's like being blindfolded to your partner. And so John Kelly, who's an, an incredible, incredible play-by-play guy, uh, it was seamless, man. I really felt good about it. He did a great job. He you get to uh, to know the cadence of the play-by-play guy. And John Kelly's so good that whenever something big happens, if there's a bit of a lull, you can tell it's like a pause, too, and I can jump in. Yeah. And if I don't jump in, he picks up you know, where it was again. Because sometimes you don't always have something to say about sure, the play. The sure. play sometimes yeah. need to speak, needs to speak for itself. And uh, But being down between the benches was great. You get into it. You're like, a couple of times I'm like, you know, and I got to watch myself because I'm not allowed to be cheering can't be fist pumping when guys <laughs> right. score. And I did not do that, but there's other times too where guys are like hitting guys near you. Want to like, like you, like you, <laughs> right. you, you want to chirp them a little bit, you know? Or somebody's like yapping at the bench, and I want I got something so good I want to say to him, but I can't do it. I know, like looking over at, at Steve Ott a couple of times, and he's kind of giggling, and he's like, "It's hard, isn't it?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. Well, it's like when we were in the booth with Kerber Man, and the Blues scored, and I forgot we're not supposed to cheer. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. You know what I'm that reminded me of? Did way. I tell you what that reminded me of? When the very, very, very thankfully short broadcasting career of one Ozzie Smith. Remember when Willie McGee hit some home run, and he was he was like being the color guy, and he was screaming. Like, <laughs> Well, whoever it was was trying to do it. I think that may have been his last time in the booth. My, 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 yeah, there's certain unwritten, good other uh, certain unwritten rules that yeah. you need to follow, and you learn, right? You learn, and I've been very fortunate that a couple of times I've done it, three times now, I was with John Kelly uh, twice and with Dan McLaughlin once. 
Talk about pros. Yeah. Talk yeah. about pros. And they're, you know, John Kelly is so easy to work with. He's just like, yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, just do your thing. Just whatever, you know? And Danny Mac was awesome, too. Yeah, Danny Mac actually taught me a, a trick following goals. He's like, because you, you want to jump in and describe the play, but he's like, give it two, three seconds. Let the crowd noise and the players celebrate. Let it sink in and then start your breakdown of how it happened, whatever. And it makes a big difference. I was that like, makes, you know what? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you know, it's kind of, a, it, man, and so I, hate I appreciate to, all I, this stuff. I hate overly complimenting him because I know it goes right to his head. Oh, yeah. boy. But one of the best parts about Jamie as a professional man is that the dude is that the dude is open to learning yeah. and to oh, knowing. Yeah. Like, you don't have an ego to go, oh, I got this, man. I've done this before. Like, you're open minded to, to, to your, you know, your fellow broadcasters that are trying to help well, him. I'm hard I mean, on myself, too. Like, yesterday, I remember couple of times I, I, I probably not anything anybody noticed that was listening, but I noticed it and I like wrote like the coach's notes, right? I'm like, I got a notebook inside yeah. the booth there and I'm writing notes me like, don't do that. 1450, again. number 20. Dummy. Or you six. Dummy. Or whatever. Just dummy. <laughs> and I circled it again. <laughs> dummy. The next morning he's like, I was a dummy, but what did I do? And two, and, and, and I'll jump on that too. Again, not to blow, you know, air up your skirt or anything. But when you came back after dying, and when I say come back, I mean to the United States, I never forget a conversation you and I had outside of the powerhouse down down in Union Station. It was, uh, um, I don't remember what year it was, but you said you wanted to get into radio or broadcasting mm-hmm. at least. What should I do? What should I do? And look at you now. I mean, incredible. Incredible. Oh, Just fantastic. It. But and to your point, last night was rocking. But, but to I your point, the man yeah. has asked for advice from day one. And has been open to it. Man, that's for sure. All right, so another email here says, Good morning, ladies. (laughs) I went to the Blues game last night. I've been in the military for the last four years and haven't had the chance to go to a Blues game. Thank you for your service, Matthew. Watched the Stanley Cup run in Kuwait in the middle of the night over there, and it was so amazing and such a personal experience being the only Blues fan there at the time. But I wanted to share this. The last game I went to was probably 2015 or 2016. I didn't realize how many improvements were made since then to the building. The lights and sounds are drastic improvement. The party vibe environment uh, that Tony mentioned a few years ago is completely true. They made they really made improvements that that are understated but classy. The sound system and the LED lighting made it a completely different experience. It's no longer cheesy blue seats and crunchy sound. It's now uh, LED lights and robust sound system mixed with a party atmosphere. It was such a pleasant and engaging experience. I can take my family or my drinking buddies and get a great experience. I don't need to convince anyone in the city to attend a game, but it's been a few years to go to a game. It's If it's been a few years since you've been to a game, uh, go. It's a new, indescribable experience, and you need to check it out. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris Zimmerman and Steve Chapman, who ha- are in charge of doing all that, and they got a great team as well that they bounce ideas off of, but they really, really tried to capture that that hockey community vibe, right? So there's that's how come they have the open area where you can congregate and stand around, like almost like you're at the bar, but you're looking out over the rink yeah. and uh, the the change of seats and and the sound system. The sound system is incredible. I was down there for warm up, just watching warm up. And I felt like I was back on Wash Ave after a game. It was like, <laughs> okay. I was going to ask what are they listening to. Yeah, we'll and I was there. like, don't do that with your hips when you. I, was make like, that I noise, felt like by I needed way. a cocktail in one hand and maybe a cigarette in the other. I was like, oh yeah. 
You're making me question life decisions when you do that with your hips. You know, you guys keep making that sound, and I don't know why, but I could see Pavel Buchnevich in a bar with, like, his shirt open a little bit, just being like that cool Russian looking yeah. for the With the big gold cross. A hundred percent. Russian players love to wear the cross. Really? They do. I don't really know why, but they do. Be awesome. That's funny. I'm I going, like them. I'm going tomorrow night. The uh, good folks over at uh, the Ronald McDonald House Charities, they are setting up the Fandango family with a suite to the Blues oh, and the Red Wings tomorrow night. Sweet, How sweet. sweet. Nice. So, hey. so uh, oh, you know, I get to awesome. look like a big baller in front of my uh, in-laws. You know stuff. why? Because you are a big baller. Oh, thanks. You're I appreciate welcome. that very much. Uh-huh. Blues and uh, Detroit tomorrow night. Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. As always, thank you very much for listening. Share us with your hockey-loving friends. And most importantly, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.